Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. Well, good morning. Some of you may have already noticed, I'm not Justy. I'm not the guy. He gave you a heads up last week if you were here. Um said that I would be here. But what he didn't tell you is that there's going to be a test at the end, so I hope you've been paying attention already. Yes, there's a quiz over the songs, there'll be a quiz over the sermon, and then we'll talk about what we're going to have for lunch later. So just hope you're ready for that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, there's not. Now, I do have some announcements, though, this morning before we get deep into the Word, because we're going to get deep today. I know I'm just a youth pastor, but it's getting deep today. So announcements. So 4th of July is coming up. And I hope you're excited. We are going to do our first night service on the 4th of July. It will be at 5 p.m. And um, we're going to, we usually do a fish fry and we have some chicken and it's really good and it's delicious. But we're going to do something that we haven't done and we're going to have a baptism. We're going to have all that ready. And if you're interested or um, if you're thinking about it, reach out to me or Justy and we'll make sure that we get you signed up for that. Um, and also we'll have something going on for the kids that day as well. Um, we have been having a kids church the first Sunday of every month, and I'm hoping pretty soon we'll be able to do that more and more often. Um, but since the 4th of July is the first, we will be having something for the kids that day as well. Um, if you would go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 12, verse 41. That is where we're going to be diving deep today. I hope you're ready. Are you ready? Woo! I like to hear some feedback as long as it's not boo, but if you feel like you need to, that's okay too. Today, I want us to take a look at the story of a widow, and to be, I have to be honest, I'm reading out of the NIV, so it's going to look a little different, but we are in the same spot, I promise, Okay. So we're looking at a story of a widow that has given God everything when she has nothing. But before we do that, I just want to ask, um, how many of you think that there's just not enough time in the day? Maybe, yes, maybe God could have given us another hour or two. That would have been nice. Um, Maybe you would use that hour or two for family or some projects. Maybe you would probably be like my wife and sleep another hour or two because she loves to sleep. And uh, we could all use a little extra sleep. We could all use a little extra time. I wish God had given us a little more time, but he gave us exactly what we needed. Um, Sometimes the days seem too long for me. I know it's crazy to say, but um, whenever I had to quarantine, I had told myself beforehand that if I ever had to, I was going to do all this stuff and I was going to work around the house and then I got stuck home and I didn't do any of it. 
Um, and you would think that I'd learned my lesson that time, but then when it snowed, I was snowed in for a week, and I didn't do anything then either. <laughs> um, I don't know if you're like that. Um, I'm very proactive, but then when I get off my schedule, I'm just, I'm horrible. Um, you know, some days I, I really feel like I could use some extra time. Some days I feel like I've got so much going on, um, and then I don't finish it, and then the next day I, I feel like I have just just as much, if not more, because I didn't finish it the day before. And uh, in, in, this, in this life, we can constantly be running and moving and going. And uh, I was having one of those days, this has been a while back, but I was having one of those days where I just feel like I didn't have enough time to do everything that I needed to do. And Danielle was sick, and she asked me to go to the pharmacy and pick up her medicine that had been called in for her. So I did the good husband thing. Note to all the husbands in the room that are listening. If your wife is sick and she asks you to go do something, you do it. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Amen. And uh, so she asked me, and I said, of course. Even though I felt like I didn't have time, I went and I did it. So I go to the pharmacy, and it's, supposed to be, it's already called in. It's supposed to be ready to go. I get there, go through the drive-thru, and it's not ready. Okay, fine, I'll, I'll wait, you know, and they said, well, there's, there's a problem, so you can you come inside. So I go inside, and I'm hanging out, and I, I'm pretty patient for the most part. I don't mind waiting, but my five or ten minute trip turned into 30 minutes, and it turned into 45 minutes, and then we're looking at an hour, and I'm still waiting and wondering what's going on, and we talked back and forth, tried to figure out what was going on and why it was taking so long, and and uh, be honest, I was getting frustrated. And I know y'all don't get frustrated when you have to wait, but I was getting frustrated. I was getting a little upset. And uh, finally, after probably about an hour and a half, almost two hours, I got the medicine and I was getting ready to leave. And I was just really frustrated. I didn't have time to begin with. And my wife isn't feeling good at home and I need to get home so I can take care of her. So then I can take care of the stuff I need to. Anybody feel like that sometimes? That things just keep happening and it's just not working out? Okay. Well, I left the pharmacy, and I called my dad, because I'm going to complain, because that's what I wanted to do in that moment. And I know, again, y'all probably don't get mad, y'all probably don't complain, but I wanted to, so I called my dad. And uh, I'm calling him, I'm talking to him about what's going on, and the process, and why it took so long. I honestly don't remember why now, but I was very upset about it. And I'm calling, and I'm talking to him, and I'm leaving. And from where I was at, you can go a few different ways to get to our house, but you can either get on the bypass or you can take that little that, that street that goes in front of the hospital at CHI. I don't remember what it's called. but So I was going to go that way. And I was going to get on the bypass, but it was late, it was dark, and I could see all these emergency lights, police lights, looked like an ambulance. And I couldn't really tell what was going on, but I knew something bad had happened. And then I start telling my dad about it, and I just take the side street, and I go home that way, and I'm telling my dad about what I'm seeing. And he said, well, because it's a good thing you got stuck at the pharmacy. Because it's a good thing you got stuck there. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, yeah, could, that could have been you. You could have left when you, were, when you thought you were supposed to, and that could have been you in that accident. And then everything else that I was worried about wouldn't have even mattered. And I say all that to point out that even when we feel like we don't have enough, I didn't feel like I had enough time, but still I went. Even when we feel like we don't have enough, God makes a way for things to work out the way they're supposed to. God gives us enough out of what we feel like we don't have. 
And so today I want us to take a look at this lady. I want us to let's take a look at this widow here and uh, want us to see how God views what she does here. You know, life demands so much from us. It's constantly asking more and more and more and more. And sometimes we feel like we just don't have anything to give. So let's read here in Mark 12. This is verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you this, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Let's pray one more time before we dive into this. Father God, I thank you for this word. I thank you for this scripture. God, I thank you, God, for what you're going to speak to us today. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We find a widow who has what we would consider nothing. She's got two mites, not mice, mites, little coins. And uh, I looked it up. They're, they're worth practically nothing, um, about a 164th of a denarii, which is like $3 and some change, okay? And that was supposed to be like a whole day's wages then, okay? And she's got 164th of that. It's nothing, okay? And God put in the scripture that she's a widow, so I think it's important that we know that she's a widow. And uh, God wants us to, to know that and understand that, I think, because I think it could be possible that this could be all that her husband had left. This is all that she's got left from her husband. They probably didn't have a 401k plan. They probably didn't have a life insurance plan. I, mean, I don't know, maybe, but I don't, I don't think so. This is all she's got left. Two mites. And it could have been all that her husband had left, and now she's alone and she's holding on to it. Now, I think if this were you or me, we'd be real tempted to hold on to this, not only because it's all the money we have, but because it's all that we have left of someone that we loved dearly. And that could be very hard to let go of. And to this world, it doesn't look like much. Everybody else has thrown in big piles of money and this looks so small and so little. And like I said earlier, to us, it's going to look like nothing. But God views it differently. God views it as so much more. And even to the widow, it's more to her than what other people would understand. And the value is so much greater than just two mites. Now, I'm not preaching on tithing. I'm going to let Justy do that. I'm not the big man that's all him. But I believe that if God is speaking to you about that, then that's between you and God. About I want us to really just consider what we have. Because sometimes we feel like we don't have enough. Enough of a lot of things. But I want us to, to consider what we have and to look at it like God would look at it. And look at it how God sees whenever we take that and we're obedient with that. I understand it's this life, it's crazy. Like I said, it demands so much. We don't feel like we have enough time. We don't feel like we have enough money, not enough energy, not enough emotional energy to put into things. And um, I get it now, and I'm sure when Milo gets here, 
I'm really going to understand it. Um, in fact, sometimes I do wonder. I do wonder, what, what are we going to do? What am I going to do to provide for my family? But Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. It's not up to me. And so God has a completely different perspective of what we're going through in life. God sees things differently. And I wanted to point out how Jesus views what this widow has done. You know, sometimes we can't see past what's right in front of us. If you put your hand in front of your face, it can be hard to see past it. But God, who's up there, has a different perspective and can see past that. He sees what's ahead of us. Sometimes we have to depend on him. So if we look at the scripture, we look at the widow and what she does, God sees what man overlooks. All day, the people are coming and they're throwing in their gifts and Everybody's watching and listening. I'm sure it made cool little noises when it hit the plate. Ching, 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 ching. And some people are like, man, that sounds really cool. And I'm sure some people were throwing it in just a little bit louder just to make a bigger noise. And it's getting all the attention. And I'm sure there were some people there that were maybe bragging a little bit about what they were putting in and discussing and saying, well, I put in this much. And how much did you put in? And, and then we have this widow here who comes in, has nothing. All that she has is these two little mites. It's the smallest gift in the room. It's the smallest gift that's given. And she puts it in there anyway. And it is this gift that God decides to magnify. God decides to magnify this gift over any other gift. So I want you to ask yourself the question, what if it's the thing that you're holding on to, the thing that you feel like is so small and so little, the thing that doesn't have a lot of value, what if that's the thing that God wants to magnify in your life? What if that's the thing that you see small, but God sees it, and he wants to use it in your life? You say, well, it's just a little bit, so it doesn't matter much, or it's just a little bit, I need to hold on to it. But God sees something greater. God wants to take that thing and he wants to use it. He wants to use it in your life. He wants to use it in your friend's life, in your family, in your marriage, in your community, maybe in your workplace. God wants to use that thing. God wants to bless you. And sometimes we can think, well, God, uh, if, you're gonna, if you want to use it, then you'll use it. You'll take it. You'll do what you want with it. But God wants us to be a part of what he's doing. God doesn't want to just move. He wants you to be a part of it. God wants to bless you for being obedient and for you surrendering and sacrificing what you have and giving it to him. Certainly, God can do what he wants. There's no doubt about that. But God wants, us, whoops, God wants us to be willing to surrender to him. God wants us to give it to him. He wants to partner with you in what he's doing. How many of you want God to work in your life? Just think about it for a minute. Do you want God to bless you? Do you want God to move in your life? And it's okay to say yes. I think we all would say, yes, I want God to bless me. God wants to bless you. But if you're holding on to your little, your little thing, whatever it is, you know what it is. If you're holding on to it, you never let go 
How can you receive what God wants to put in your hand? Now, God gives us promises in our life. God speaks to us in our life. And we take that promise and we hold on to it. And we should hold on to it. But at some point, I feel like we have to give it back to God. So if we take that seed that God has given us, that promise that God has given us, and we only hold on to it, we're going to not let it grow to its fullest potential. So when we give it back to God, when we plant that seed, when we plant that promise that he has indeed given us, God can pour into it. God can let it grow, and it will produce the fruit that it was meant to produce. But we have to first let it go. It's what we need to do. So we don't get to see what happens to the widow in this story. It doesn't talk about what happens after she gives her last two mites. We don't get to see that. But there's another scripture I want us to take a look at. It's in 1 Kings chapter 17. And in this story, we get to see how God provides, how God moves. And guess what? It's another widow. God is using people that you and I probably would think he wouldn't use. Somebody say amen. That means you're not out. If you think that God can't use you, he can. First Kings, chapter 17. I should have brought a little straw that goes all the way from the floor up to here, and then I wouldn't have to bend over. Maybe next time. All right, First Kings, chapter 17. This is a powerful story. God is speaking to Elijah, and he's getting ready to tell him what he needs to do. Here in verse number 7, we see it says, Sometime later... The brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, said, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and asked her, Would you bring me a little water in a, in a jar so that I might have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. I want us to pause here for just a second. Isn't that just how life works sometimes? You're like, sure, no problem, I got you. And you start going, and then something else in life decides to reach out and says, hey, hey, wait a second, I need you to do something else too. And uh, it, it, it stops us in our tracks sometimes. And this is what she says. She says, As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Wow. That's, I would have no words if someone said that to me. They wouldn't know how to respond. In fact, if I was Elijah, I'd be like, God, I, was, I thought you were sending me to somebody that has food. I was expecting a full buffet. Isn't that how God works? He gives in abundance. Where's the buffet, God? She barely has enough for herself and her son. And not only that, she says they're going to eat it and die. 
I don't want to I don't want to take that. But what Elijah does say to her in verse 13, it says, "Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says." The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jar of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Wow. Powerful. It's crazy, though, I think, to think that this widow, she just has, at this point, has accepted that her life is over. Things are done. I'm going to go eat my last meal with my son and die. To me, it sounds like she's given up. It sounds like she's lost all hope. It sounds like she is at the end of herself. She's, she has nowhere else to go. Some of us have been there. Some of us are there now. Hope is lost. We've given up. We're at the end of ourselves. But praise God that there's a living hope that hasn't given up on us. And he can be found even when we've given up, even when all we have is one last meal. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter where you're at. God is with you. You see, she was going to make one last meal. She was going to take all that she had. She was going to put it together and use it to the best of her ability. The best of her ability. Sometimes we are holding on to our things, we're holding on to the last little bit that we have and, and we're ready to use it. We're going to put it to the best of our ability. We're going to use it and do everything that we can with it and that's great. But what if we give it to God first? Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. We look at the things that we have and you say, okay, God, this is what I got. Well, I, it's not much, so I need it. I need it. I need to hold on to it. I need to use it for myself. I, 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 need, I need this time for myself and so I can do my things to get, and get this done and this done. I, I need this money because I need to do this and I need to pay for this and this. And Well, God, I can't, I can't give all my energy. I can't pour in all this emotion to, to my friends. I, I need it for my family. I need, I need it for this and this. And, and we see a real need with what we have. I'm not discounting that, but God says, give it to me first, and I'll make sure that all your needs are met. And that's what happens here. So when we give it to God first, God takes it, and he multiplies it. Look at verse 13. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me. Well, I think most of us would, if we're going to share, if we're going to go that far and we're going to share, and we teach our kids to share, so we need to share, 
But it, if we're going to share what we have, and it's not much, I think a lot of us would be tempted just to go ahead, okay, well, I'm going to get mine first, and then whatever's left, I'm going to give it to you. There's a, and, and, and I understand that. In this life, a lot of times you've got to look out for yourself. But what God is asking of us is to give it to him first. Give it to him first. Because I work with numbers a lot. I work at a bank. And, and again, I'm not preaching on tithing, but it's crazy how this always seems to work out this way. If you're looking at a budget, I will speak for myself, and uh, seeing all the things that we need to pay, all the things that we need to do, especially with a baby coming, there's a lot of bills that are coming up. And when I take what we have and I subtract all the bills, and it doesn't seem to leave us with very much. And so then I go, well, God, I'm supposed to give you this, so, oh, oh, it leaves me with even less. And I get worried. But if I give to God first, and then I take all everything out that I need, then I can see that it, it works out. It's really, not, it's really not that bad. It's really not. God is still provide. God still made a way. It's the same thing with our time. Maybe you, you don't feel like you have enough time. And you say, God, I can't spend time with you in the morning or I can't spend time with you at night because I don't have time to give you. But God says, if you give me your time first, I will give you enough time to do everything else that you need. God, I don't have the energy it's going to take for me to sit down and to, to read and to study. And God says, if you read and you study first, I will give you the energy that you need. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So that's what she did. She didn't take her part first. She did what was told. She gave him first. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So then there was food every day for Elijah, for the woman, and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. That's amazing. It's amazing. I want us to look at something else here in the scripture. Elijah was sent there because he needed food, right? God said, I'm going to send you to this place, and there's going to be a widow there, and she's going to supply your need for food. Okay. So Elijah goes, and he gets sent there, and he's sent there to be given food from this widow. But guess what? I believe that God also sent Elijah there to supply the widow. What if she had said no? What if she would have said no when Elijah asked her, she was getting the water, but then, you know, that one more thing comes up. What if she just said no to that? What if she just said, no, I can't do the bread. I can't, I can't bring you food. I don't have enough for myself. I can't do it. Okay. I think it doesn't say this, but this is what I think. I think that I think her and her son would have died. I think she would have went and they would have ate, and that would have been the end of it. It's, I don't know if you've heard this story if you heard the story of the drowning man, he's drowning, okay? And this big boat comes by and says, hey, do you need some help? He says, no, thank you. God's going to save me. So, okay, and the boat goes by, and the guy's there, and he's drowning. A little while later, another boat comes by, and he's, they say, hey, sir, do you need some help? He said, no, thanks. God will save me. And then he drowns. 
and goes to heaven. And he asks God, God, why didn't you save me? He said, I sent you two boats. <laughs> I tried. Maybe God sent Elijah there. I believe he did. Not just for Elijah, but for the widow and the son to move in their life, to provide for them in a way that they didn't think was possible. Evan, will you come? They didn't think it was possible. They were going to eat one more meal, and that was going to be the end of it. One meal and die. Maybe God is sending you and Elijah. I don't know. Maybe he sent you somebody. Maybe he's going to. Maybe God is asking you to give up the last little bit that you're holding on to. See, God took the last little bit of flour and the olive oil. He took it. He multiplied it. He magnified it. And he used it to bless them. Not just the widow. Not just Elijah. But the son, too. I think that's a pretty powerful message in and of itself. God wants to bless you, not just for yourself, but for those around you, for your family, for your friends, the people that you come in contact with. It may be somebody you don't even know, but God wants to pour into you, wants to bless you. God wants to reach those that are around you. So you're looking at the things that you have and like I said I want us to consider what what it, what it would be like just to surrender it to God just to give it to God it's tempting to keep it all for ourselves it's, it is I get it it's hard to let go it's hard to let go but God doesn't see one last meal God doesn't see just two mites God sees more than enough. God wants to use it. He wants to magnify it in your life. So whatever it is, just time, money, energy, whatever it is, God is, I believe, asking you to trust Him today. To trust Him. To take that promise that He has over your life and to give it back to Him to surrender it to him to say you know what God I've been holding on to this but I'm ready for you to take it and I believe you're going to multiply it I believe you're going to magnify it and I believe you're going to use it for more than just myself would you stand for just a, just a moment more scripture I want to share with you before we leave here today. It's in Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use it it will be measured to you
in the marketplace in this time where the buyers would go and they would order a certain amount of grain they would go to the merchant and the merchant would fill their container up they'd shake it down a little bit you know, so it kind of settles and then they would press down the grain to make more room and then we continue to pour into it it continued to pour into it to the point where it begins to overflow into the lap of the person that's buying and it's a wonderful picture of how when we give to God when we go before God that he is going to pour back into our lives way more way more than we can even contain God wants it to overflow in your life so that it will pour into those that are around you. God wants to bless you. God wants to move in your life. What I want to ask of us today is just to surrender to Him this morning, just for a moment, just to pray to God and to give God what it is that you're holding on to. Because maybe, maybe you don't have anybody in your life that's asking now, but I'm willing to bet God's going to send someone your way. There's going to come a day, there's going to come a time where somebody's going to come to you and ask, can I have a little bit of bread? And it might be a hard decision to make in that moment. But I believe that if you give it, if you surrender, God's going to bless you. God's going to bless them. And way more than you could ever imagine. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you today, God. God, we acknowledge who you are. And God, we take all that we have. It may not be much, but God, we give it to you. God, we surrender it to you today. God, we stand knowing that when we surrender it to you, God, it's not just for us, but it's for everyone around us, God. God, we stand and we know that you're going to pour in a blessing that we cannot contain. So, God, we praise you for it, God. We thank you for it, God. God, I thank you. God, help me be prepared so that when you send an Elijah in my life, God, that I will be ready to say yes and I will be ready to surrender God I thank you God we love you God we cannot wait to see you move in our life in Jesus mighty name Amen Amen Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.